0: weather and science across the globe the weather jazz podcast it's getting to be that time of year it's peak hurricane hurricane season season. the The fall foliage will start to pop stay on top of it right here on on the Weather weather jazz podcast Hi there, everybody, and welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, science, earth science, meteorological science, that's today, and periodically some off topic things that for no other reason. The host finds interesting, and I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bernier. I am the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. And this is episode number 235 for Wednesday, the first Wednesday after Labor Day, which, in my humble opinion, should always be the first day of school for everyone. Hint, hint. School boards across the country, pay attention. September 8th, 2021. And I know at least in Ohio, there was a push to uh, cause uh, schools to open up the Wednesday after Labor Day, only to sink everything up. It just makes a lot of sense. And in Ohio, and I think the big push was because a lot of the rural state fairs, occur during this time period leading up to the Wednesday after Labor Day so that everyone could go to the state fairs. Naturally, with COVID last year, it wasn't a huge issue since most of the state fairs suspended for the year, but... Slowly but surely, we're getting back to normal, and state fairs are starting to pop up again. And It's just a good idea. Not only that, moms and dads can coordinate with each other, especially the moms and the dads and the families that are spread out either across the country or across several counties or across the state. You can coordinate that last bit of vacation time And take it all together if you wanted to. Instead of trying to coordinate these crazy, crazy uh, starts for school years, make it the Wednesday after Labor Day. Again, are you listening, school boards across America? This is my platform, (laughs) and this is my push to get you to get back on track because that's the way it was when I was growing up. And I loved it. We always counted on the Wednesday after Labor Day as going back to school. And yes, for new students like freshmen in high school, they always had you come back for orientation on the Tuesday after Labor Day for a couple of hours. It wasn't a full school day by any stretch but uh, it uh, it got you into the rhythm of things and again you simply could coordinate those last minute vacations across the miles across the counties across the state across the USA so for those of you that have adopted those kinds of laws good for you let's see the whole country start to do this one of the things that uh, i found particularly interesting when Noah was very young, um, three, four, five, six years old now, it didn't matter to us because we homeschooled Noah until he was in, I believe, seventh or eighth grade. I think in seventh grade for at least part of the day. And then by eighth grade, uh, went to Cornerstone full time. But for the the first seven or so years of uh, Noah's education we homeschooled and so we were on our, our own schedule we just had to get the work done the number of days done the number of hours done which we did and then some uh just a whole lot more and in our humble opinion he did uh, very very well and was a much better student because of it when he did enter into school. that that but that's that's what we did and that was our experience it may not be right for a lot of people and we recognize that Uh, but for us it was good and so we were not held to that calendar we started actually on the wednesday after uh, labor day and noah thought that that was great and we thought it was great too And, of course, we could take our breaks anywhere we needed to because we were homeschooling. But anyway, but maybe that's another subject for another time at greater length. I spent a little more time than I wanted to for this opening of Weather Jazz. Well, I have something special going on today because I'm going to be looking at a particular type of cloud. This is typically Science Wednesday. I'm not restricted to talking about anything science per se on Wednesdays, but I do like a little more structure. It kind of helps me to plan the programs. And so today we will do a science-based episode But it will be meteorology. It will be the science of weather. And in particular, we're going to talk about the physics of clouds. And in one particular case, which is really what we want to study in this case, we want to look at a particular type of cloud. Something got my attention this morning on one of the live webcams that is pointing towards Mount Katahdin. Mount Katahdin is the highest mountain in Maine. It's in north-central Maine near Millinocket. Uh, Check it out on a map at some point, and you'll see where it is. It's pretty far north. And Mount Katahdin is actually the terminus of the Appalachian Trail, or the beginning if you're starting there. Terminus meaning the end or the beginning. Well, anyway, uh, something caught my attention on this webcam because there was a certain type of cloud that was established as a result of Mount Katahdin being there. In other words, if Mount Katahdin wasn't there, if it was flat land, this cloud wouldn't exist. My guess is by now you probably know that we're talking about a cloud which has a very lengthy name, and it's called Altocumulus Standing Lenticularis. Again, that's Altocumulus Standing Lenticularis. Okay, what is it? How is it formed? It's probably formed because of a mountain, and you're right in that case. And coming up in just a little bit, not only will I share an image on my show notes on weatherjazz.com, but we'll also take a look at the dynamics behind it. Just exactly what is it? How is it formed? Where will you find them? That kind of thing. That's all upcoming after the break, right here on Weather Jazz. All righty, we're back. And today we're talking about a very strange looking Cloud. I guarantee you that if you tried to start a conversation, perhaps by the water cooler or standing in line for a sandwich today, and you said, Have you ever seen Alto Cumulus standing lenticularis? You might get a few very, very strange looks. Uh, it's a rather $64,000 ish phrase, but it is the phrase that describes this very unusual and very strange-looking cloud. And as I mentioned before the break, I did talk about seeing this today on a webcam from Mount Katahdin, which is in northeast Maine. And I'm going to show on WJW Fox 8 today, Wednesday, September the 8th, at 5 p.m. and 7 p.m., I'm going to show a loop of the clouds and how they are formed. But let's talk about the word lenticularis. Where does it come from? Well, it sounds like the word lens, doesn't it? And when you take a look at the word lenticularis, a lot of entomology websites, those are the websites that study the origin of words, have some really interesting little quotes about people who have never heard of lenticularis before. And examples include from the Toronto Sun, quote, I admit, there was a time when I didn't know a Cirrus from a Cumulus and sincerely believed that a lenticularis was a luxury car from Toyota. (laughs) Very, very interesting. And... That's true, because if you've never heard of lenticularis before, who knows what you might think. And actually, that would have made an interesting introduction to this weather jazz, but I didn't have time to put it together. That would have been kind of a fun trivia question to give to people and see what their answers would be. But lenticularis is actually a Latin word... Now, get this, that means lentil-shaped, lentil. If you've ever seen a lentil, they're very small, but uh, if you've ever had lentil soup, I think most people have had lentil soup. Take a look at it. It looks like a lens, but uh lentils is the root word for lenticularis. And essentially what they are, are seemingly stationary clouds that form mostly in the troposphere. That would be in our layer of the atmosphere, typically in a parallel alignment with the wind direction and going up a mountain and then back down again. Again, they often appear as though they are very, very stationary. But if you do any kind of time-lapsing, you're going to see something very, very interesting. You will see the air flowing into it, condensing as it gets pushed up the mountain, and then at the top, where it is the thickest, and then as it descends, it begins to evaporate again, and you see it disappear. So essentially, it's a forced upslope that causes the air to condense into this trail of uh, cloud cover or moisture which is visible as a cloud and as that very very same parcel of air begins to fall back down and compress and the temperature then increases you see the moisture disappearing You will see that tonight on Fox 8 News at 5 and 7. I'm going to show you a loop. I did a loop of this. It was live video from Katahdin, but I had my computer do a loop of it so that you could see the effect of the condensation as the air gets forced up the mountain and then the evaporation or the disappearance of the condensate As it falls or flows down the mountain. Very, very interesting indeed. Some really amazing pictures too, by the way. You don't need a mountain per se to cause a lenticular cloud to form. If you have what are known as gravity waves, you'll have that happen I'm going to post another photo of this kind of lenticular cloud on weatherjazz.com, episode number 235. It is of a rather dramatic lenticular cloud over Harold's Cross in Dublin. And in this image, you won't see any particular uh, lifting mechanism there may be one underneath that causes that but all you need is just a little bit of a forced rise for any reason whether it is an atmospheric forced rise or whether it is an orographic or mountain induced forced rise to form these lenticular clouds i will also post one more photo Uh, And this one from the Mayan volcano in the Philippines with a little cap on top. And many times they're called cap clouds because they cap mountains and they look like they're just sitting there. That's where the standing lenticularis comes in. Unless you're doing a time lapse, you really don't get a sense that air is actually flowing them truly a fascinating cloud you'll see these a lot more if you move out to the mountainous areas of the western USA from denver points west from albuquerque points west from great falls montana points west where the orographic uplift can force these to develop very very quickly and also certainly much more frequently And you'll also see these in the eastern U.S. in the Appalachians, going up the White and Green Mountains and all the way up into northern Maine. And, of course, today's example, the one that caught my attention, was the one at Mount Katahdin, which is in north-central Maine. Do they ever see lenticular clouds in the breadbasket of the country where there is no orographic uplift? Well, They're certainly much, much more rare there. Will they see them? Yes, in certain meteorological conditions where gravity waves might develop. You might see some. I'll tell you what, if you see one in Cedar Rapids or see one in Kansas City or see one in Dallas, Texas, certainly much, much more rare and would probably get the attention of people there since... Uh, They look like a UFO. Just look at the one from uh, Harold's Cross in Dublin, and that one just looks absolutely bizarre. So seeing those in the breadbasket of the country might get your attention a little more for someone who's lived in that part of the country all of their lives and have never seen lenticular clouds near the mountains of the West or the Central Appalachians going all the way up into the mountains of Northern New England, lenticularis clouds or alto cumulus standing lenticularis clouds today on Weather Jazz. Hope you enjoyed the episode about this very strange looking cloud. Help me to spread the word. Do you know somebody that perhaps has seen something like this or taken a picture of a cloud like that and really freaked out about it? Well, this would be a program for them to listen to, make sure they get The word about this episode, number 235, for Wednesday, September 8th, 2021. And of course, the pictures that we talked about today on weatherjazz.com on episode number 235. If you have a question or a topic suggestion, I welcome your input. Now you can reach me two ways, weatherjazz at yahoo.com. That's by email. My favorite is always... The Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line, though, because I get to hear your voice. So give me a call. You might want to transcribe or scribble something down on a pad of paper, what you want to ask. And then call 234-525-5888, 234-525-5888, and leave me a message. I might even use... Perhaps your question on the air at some point in time if you do have a question or maybe even a topic suggestion. Well, we have Open Line Friday coming around the corner. Always a fun episode for me. You never know what you're going to get. I've got something planned. Let's see if that works out. In the meantime, enjoy the drier weather as it comes into northern Ohio, if that's where you're listening from. Uh, The next couple of days look very, very nice. Little instability tomorrow with perhaps a passing rain shower. Almost a little precursor of lake effect. Uh Uh-oh. That's something that's uh, going to be creeping into our conversation here in northeast Ohio. But the couple of days after that as we head into Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, ooh, looking great. So uh, get ready for another fine weekend taking shape. All right, we'll see you on Friday right here on Weather Jazz. See you then. Weather and science across the globe. Across the globe. Across the globe. The Weather Jazz podcast.